Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 482, and today we'll be talking about If I Only Had a Wand, from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. And so here we come to the most depressing episode of the season, and like I think it's safe to say, this is this is the one I was least looking forward to watching. Like, but I the things I do for our listeners. <laughs> you get to bear watching, uh, I think, maybe the most screen time ever for Hedgehog's mom. Definitely. She's just such a depressing woman. Yeah, there's never been anything except bad vibes and um, a complete lack of empathy <laughs> from her mom. And uh, here here it is. Uh, I, I'm concerned just how irredeemably empty her mom's wishes for her are uh, i i would say in this episode at least there's some uh, mild comfort that the mom we see here is technically a well potentially a fabrication although it, it's quite confusing exactly what this medical physical reality is that hedgehog's in she brings a peach out of it hedgehog at no point is like man you're acting not like my mother at all like she she really does buy there that wow i I did just dream Summer Camp Island all up. Yeah, unfortunately her mom's behavior in this episode lines up with everything else we've ever seen. But you did say that she is a very unempathetic person, which is true. But although she is a very awful person in it, this episode allows us to feel some empathy for her. She is not being a tiger mom to Hedgehog for no reason. She herself feels like a complete failure, and she does not want that for Hedgehog. So she's trying to make Hedgehog into everything she's not. Right. Classic parenting faux pas. <laughs> you know, Whoopsie I daisy I, I, I guess I understand the, the motivation, the background, the influence. It still sucks to have uh, that mother. But luckily, Hedgehog, she'll be a witch no matter what. Yep. If she only has a wand. And now that the title drop (laughs) has happened. Well, no, I dropped the title for a specific reason. When everyone is shocked at what Hedgehog does to Dean Stewart, (laughs) we we come across two people canoodling right in front of the no canoodling sign. Very rude. But there are a couple book titles fully visible on there, and one of which is The Emerald City, a reference to The Wizard of Oz, where If I Only Had a Brain comes from. Oh, wow. That, that's some deep title lore there. A very nifty thing to toss in there. However, the uh, other two book titles that we can make out interest me greatly, one of which is Everlasting Magic, and the other, we can't see the first word, but it has Dream for the final word of the title. And I'm I'm wondering... If uh, Hedgehog had stopped to look at the book titles, she might not have got a bit more guidance, because what she has to do here is not at all obvious uh, to me. No, and okay, so the structure of this challenge. First of all, I find it super fascinating that Hedgehog, within the first two minutes of the episode, is completely convinced that the reality she has awoken to is not real, and it's probably a test. I gotta say, in the 11 minutes that Steven Universe similarly (laughs) went through a test, he didn't figure it out until uh, he was explicitly shown that it was a test. 
Well, to be fair, she had full memories of being a witch. She didn't just have a vague feeling that, oh, I must have been on a magical island somewhere. She, like, she remembered specific spells. So it's like, no, that was, I've had fever dreams before. That wasn't that. (laughs) So that's good that, you know, she can credit her months of real lived experience. Past that, though, you know, all these important witches appear you know, in in the role of Big Sue's and whatever the the peach seller is. Ramona and Jim Jams. Well, yeah, it's oh, yeah, Ramona, Mo. but I don't mow. Yeah. And I love that we see Jim Jams, well, not a- anthropomorphized, but animal-morphized. <laughs> it's entertaining. It's his quote-unquote human form. Right. That's all well and good. Hedgehog is really trying to string it together, though, like, I, I must be that I need to get a peach. Well, she is right. Um, It's not really for the purpose of the test. Or maybe it is, but I don't know. Susie just also wants a peach from this dream reality. <laughs> Imagine whatever <laughs> well, that means. They are very good peaches. <laughs> like, you think she could just magic herself one, right? No, I, I think the peaches have to come from witch test uh, hypothetical realms. Okay, that's the only source of peaches? Tasty ones. Yeah, the good ones. So <laughs> how, but how is this supposed to happen? Is she like, there's no way that the test is you take it out to the mailbox like you're supposed to and decide, you know what, I'm going to rip this open. What? How is she supposed to get out? So I think that it really is just about the inflection point. At any point in this experience, if she comes to the conclusion verbally or, you know, within that I will be a witch, no matter what, then I think that Hmm. that reveals the path to her. Because that's the exact point, right? Not opening the mailbox. The weather did change when she was talking about that. Yeah, so I I think the test is as simple as that. And Hedgehog is fully committed, right? She starts the episode saying, oh, this reality isn't real. You know, that gets as far as shoving the peach in the Dean's face. Who, uh, he's, he's quite threatened <laughs> by this action, by the way. Like, he complies with Hedgehog being like, eat it. Uh, so, that, that was entertaining. Well, apparently <laughs> peaching the Dean is a thing that's happened before, so. Or at least has rules about it. Uh, he's got a thing about peaches. <laughs> but so, Hedgehog reaches the apex of, you know, not believing in the reality. And then, considering that this might very well be her reality, and she has to face the mundanity of life, her choice is... No, I will not face the mundanity of life the way that my mom wants me to. I loved being a witch. I know all the spells. I love how she's not even critical of the idea that, like, does magic exist in this world or not, that she now is starting to accept. I'll make it, dang it. Right, she's just like, I'm gonna do it anyway, and heck, I'll build a coven. Even if she won't have any friends because of all the baked beans she's gonna have to eat. (laughs) Yeah, there's... There's a... I... It's interesting how committed she is to this because maybe this is something to go back and watch some of the episodes about the covens and specifically like her slumber party experience because I kind of want to capture some of the themes again of like what witchdom means to Hedgehog. But it clearly means more than just even the fun of it. Like it it is a complete philosophy of how to approach living. And, a, and a, an entire trajectory for her, like Summer Camp Island and being a witch, this is her complete identity now, or at least like a, a, a core part that 
I haven't seen the last three episodes still of the season, but I'm interested in any way, like, what the continuation of Hedgehog and Oscar's lives look like as far as, you know, do they ever leave the island? What does this mean? But if we never get to that, like, if we never see Hedgehog's mom again, this episode pretty much demonstrates Hedgehog's feeling on the matter, which is, yeah, she's not really all that important anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I've decided what's important, and I'm going to do it. What's important is talking mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, that is that is how Hedgehog knows she's back in reality, is uh, that mushrooms can talk. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Hedgehog. Oh, I love her getting knocked over by the Frisbee, though. A, a rare moment of levity in a depressing episode. They do make Princeton a... Uh, like, they, they approach Princeton and there's just some dude laying out <laughs> in front of the library, which is great. Just, you know, relaxing on the grass. And then, yeah, the students don't look nearly as uh, intense as maybe the Dean or or especially Hedgehog's mom. So, yeah, <laughs> Princeton's still a chill place. <laughs> it would be hard to be as intense as Hedgehog's mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we so we finally got plenty of good looks at uh hedgehog's mother we we have a mother who wishes she had gone farther in life you know if only she had tried harder she would have uh, made it farther seems to be the deep regret she has but uh the the episode where she where hedgehog was going to be shipped out to business camp and Susie was all too happy to to let her go when she convinced her dad not to send her uh you know he was looking out wistfully at that you know kid out there playing and he he had a very different regret about the path his life took. Yeah, interesting that, you know, just completely absent here. It's also interesting that Hedgehog's mom does reference her own mom, Hedgehog's grandmother, once. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much dismissing her behavior. Like, you're just like your grandma and she just had her magical thinking and her garden. Yeah, she just gardens. She had no ambition, no drive. Right. What ex- what circumstances created this personality that she has? Like, if she was a... It, it, I can't remember. From Hedgehog's history, her direct grandmother was not a, a witch that, you know, that she herself knew of. Like, how many greats do we have to go back before Hedgehog actually has a witch in the family? Is that ever made explicit? Well, let's see here. The wiki will not be a good guide for us, unfortunately, because it needs much love. I think it would be like, I can't remember how many years it's been. I want to say about 10 greats would be how long it's been since magic turned off. It's been a little while. Yeah, so the the influence is still there. Like, maybe Hedgehog's grandmother was the last in a line of at least fascinating women, if not actually magical women. Uh, and so... You know, the hats at least persisted. It's it's kind of funny to see Hedgehog's mom wearing a hat in the car and think why she <laughs> willingly puts on what looks explicitly like a witch's hat every day. She has the brooch that uh, reminds me so much of uh, Susie's Heather brooch. Yeah, like, you gotta think a part of her is not not regretful, but just can't let go of it. Yeah, I think even Hedgehog's mother, a part of her instinctively understands that she should be a witch. Uh, had the had they had that interactive map looking for uh, magical creature candidates sooner, I think the grandmother would have definitely lit up as a 
strong candidate. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a shame though. <laughs> it's just a shame these two are together. It's a it's a fascinating thing too for for the screen time we do get in the six seasons between between Hedgehog and her mom. Like, what exactly is the lesson for kids? Hedgehog is not you know completely rude or mean to her mom or anything. Her mom is pretty rude to her in almost all circumstances. Oh, very. Although they do make her, like, you know, she's motivated toward a goal. So she's not just mean to Hedgehog. It's always in service to something, right? Like, I was surprised with how she handled the car ride, for instance, with Hedgehog throwing the purse out the window. It's like (laughs) she had some level of tolerance, even when she freaked out. It's not like she yelled at Hedgehog. She just remained focused on getting to Princeton and just was dismissive of Hedgehog's behavior. Don't think I don't see what you're doing. Right, like, she addresses what's relevant, but yeah, it's a very specific type of parenting, right? So it's interesting that, you know, you got to think for this type of show, it is being demonstrated to children. Children have the opportunity to compare it to their own (laughs) relationship with their parents and wonder if it's similar or not, and then, you know, see how Hedgehog handles it. And we pretty much just go for full rebellion here. Of course, Hedgehog also believes she's not in reality, so she probably wouldn't just, like, shove peaches in people's faces normally. She does rebel (laughs) even even after she thinks she's in reality. Right. But it's a different kind of rebel. Like, she just rips up, or no, she not rips up the check. She opens the envelope and then prepares to- She's gonna steal the check. Use it. (laughs) Yeah. Which, uh, does she know how to do check cleaning? Like, that's gonna be a problem. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I could say, that is not how checks work, honey. Maybe, maybe she should have gone to uh, reality camp. They would have <laughs> probably taught her about how checks work. Yeah, no kidding. I think, I think she has missed out on personal finance on, on Summer Camp Island, where presumably everyone evades taxes. Oh, her, her dad probably taught her how mortgages work. <laughs> I mean, it looks like his area of expertise. <laughs> it, yeah, it's interesting. It's just... It's interesting to see the things modeled, and uh, I, I think I'd go for what, what Hedgehog's going for. I think it's good to define your your dreams, and um, it's hard at 12, you know, to know that everything that you want to yeah. do, but I think Hedgehog's experiences, at least, can't be dismissed. In another world, though, like, again, in the hypothetical future where she has to leave the island, I wonder what level, like, what the show would think about what Hedgehog's not duty, but like, how should, should she even try to explain her life and her situation to her mom? Like, what, is there any redemptive thing here? Like, if Hedgehog's mm. mom knew magic was real, does that change her worldview at all? I think it would. I think it would put a lot of pieces in place in her head about why she was never satisfied with the way her life turned out. Right. Like, her behavior is unfair, and as far as we know, not even molded by her own parents. So, <laughs> you know, who's to say, but, um, yeah, you know. Again, I, I think she feels robbed by life, and she doesn't want her daughter to be robbed by life. Right, so maybe if she knew her daughter wasn't robbed, it'd be a little better. But uh, there would need to be some uh, uh, apologies thrown in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> because Hedgehog is uh, only amazing and capable. This is the season for apologies, so yeah. I, I like to imagine that we would get there. Anyway, I'm kind of hungry for a peach now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. They are tasty. I, I just love how Summer Camp Island makes the most depressing aspect of a mundane world the fact that 
mushrooms don't talk to you. <laughs> I mean, I guess they are pretty friendly, the, the talking plants in Summer Camp Island. I can see why you'd get used to that. Yeah. I mean, she also, I guess she, yeah, she's not nearly directly as mournful about, like, that her magic doesn't work. It's more of a practical concern. She's just like, her spell to, <laughs> you know, teleport yeah. back doesn't work. Okay. But she doesn't seem sad about it. I, I think I think she'd like much rather if she had to choose between I can do magic in a mundane world or I can be normal in a magical world. I think she'd pick going back to her season one self every single time. Right. Yeah. Coming off of Fiona and Cake, that is a kind of a theme, isn't it? Like what is yeah. a what is a magical world? I think there's a YouTube video essay somewhere in there <laughs> about, you know, Fiona's desire to live in something magical and how she reconciles, like, living in her own world, but, like, having some level of magic reintroduced to it or finding it herself within herself. And then comparing that to Hedgehog's sort of experience of magic where, I mean, I wonder what Hedgehog, you know, believes in. Like I said, there's some deeper element to what it means to be in a coven, what it means to be a witch, than just literally participating in the magic. It's just about somehow rejecting what is expected of you and and rejecting that, you know, the only valuable or, or interesting thing to do with your life is, well, I guess, going to Princeton. Business. <laughs> so, <laughs> business uh, from, from a law degree. So, yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah. Truly depressing episode. But it only gets better from here, folks. <laughs> GC13 will get knocked out of his depression, I'm sure, by the rest of the season. It will be good. Thankfully, that is it for us on If I Only Had a Wand. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.